Welcome to The Finer Things. I'm Lisa and this is Wes. Hey everybody. And we are podcasting from the Scar Lounge in Akron, Ohio. Beautiful Akron, Ohio. Today's topic is living in the moment. Living in the moment. Now. So what are you drinking and smoking? I am drinking a Spayburn. Okay. And it is very light. Good. Very light, in fact. That is really, really light. Mm. And fruity. Okay. Yeah. Floral, hmm. floral tones. Fruity. Uh, I am drinking a Rocky Patel OSG. A little small one here. It's original sun-grown. So obviously sun-grown. Uh, wrapper is very light. Uh, it's going to have more nicotine because it's a sun-grown cigar. And so far, so good. Very smooth and goes well with the floral tones of the Spaber. Okay. How about you? I got a Perdomo Reserve Champagne 10th Anniversary. Champagne, yeah. That's one, one of, of my Wes's favorite, favorites. One of my favorites. <laughs> and then my scotch is a Tomatin Legacy. It's from the Highland region. Um, let me take a sip. Mm, yeah, mine's only a 10. It's pretty smooth for a 10. Mine doesn't have an age statement, I don't think. It's um, it's not so smooth. <laughs> it's in bourbon and virgin oak casks. The virgin casks are a little tricky because most of the time they use used um, bourbon barrels. And so they've had kind of time to work out their finicky. Yeah. And so they get them and it's a little calmer. Virgin oak. Uh, that means it hasn't been broken in. Yeah. So you've got the impurities of the wood. Exactly. So we'll exactly. see. So Apparently those impurities have come through. A little bit. Yeah, I've got... It's uh, a little harsh. Yeah, mine's 10. It's uh, citrus with a hint of herbs. That's I, definitely, yeah. It's yeah. It, I think some might say toffee, but I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't feel the toffee, but it is very floral to me. Very very floral. I mean, mine sounds like I'm giving it a bunch of crap. I'm not. It's good. I like it. The taste I'm getting, and this is gonna turn everybody off. I apologize in advance. It's not as offensive as it sounds. It's kind of gasoline. Gasoline. I mean, it's alcohol. Yeah, yeah. That's what that means. Is that's that what it means? That's all that that's all that's jet huh. fuel. Jet fuel. That's funny. Speaking of jet fuel, well, living in the moment. Um, so today's topic is living in the moment and what I mean when I say living in the moment, and Lisa may have a uh, different uh, yeah, let's hear view. It. But this is when you are learning how to make time stand still. Everybody has those moments in life where either through a traumatic experience, and more often mm-hmm. than not, it's through some sort of trauma. Uh, sometimes it's happiness. Uh, you you can live, you, you have a memory, and this memory is so visceral that you can, you remember what you smelled, you remember what you were tasting, you remember what you saw, you remember mm-hmm. what you heard. I mean, you were, you've engaged all five senses. Uh, sometimes uh, the taste, sometimes not taste, uh, but you, you've engaged all, most, if not all, of your senses and that memory is just seared into your mind. More often than not, everybody has a car accident story. And yeah. that's usually how they're, you've suffered a trauma, an unexpected event, 
if you weren't planning or, or sure. you didn't see it coming. And then if you're, you're planning on a car accident, we uh, need to talk. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Mm. And then you've just got this memory burned. I mean, birth of children, marriage, you know, those kinds of events are usually the top answers when it comes to having that moment where you can just hearken back hmm. and you think to yourself, that was a great moment. So I'll be honest, my definition of living in the moment is being, I guess, open and available and indulging to a certain extent. Indulging. In whatever like the universe is throwing at you as available at that period of time. So for me, like living in the moment is when I went to Florida. Okay, well, I can't surf in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is surfing, but you do sure. it in the winter, yeah, and yeah. I'm in a hard pass on that one. Yeah, that's a, that's a negative ghost rider. But if I'm in Florida, yeah, they got surfing. All day long. I, I've never done that before. Okay, let's try it and see. I mean, I know how to swim. What could go wrong? I'm going to have a good instructor. I'm going to give it a go. Living in the moment. So for me, that's living in the moment. Well, part of this is... You're trying to, because again, it, life is a mixture of your experiences, and you want to... No, life is completely composed of your experiences. Uh, some people believe that. Uh, I other, believe that. Uh, right. Uh, other people believe that life may be preordained. I mean, there's a certain segment that that is a But that's still your experiences, even if they were given to you. Right. Well, I'm talking about create. Well, again, this is a great discussion, because I'm talking about creating your own experience. Sure. And that's how I live in the moment. Is And I tend to as well. So, and I was thinking about this. I was producing our today, uh, our podcast, and I was uh, stuck in a different court all day today. Yeah. And it, and it made me realize, because I had a couple of different things. Um, one, I was getting hangry. And we talked about this in a previous podcast. Yeah. And when I get hangry, I, I have to, I manage myself. And I know that I can take a step back, take that deep breath, and be like, okay, all right, all right, all right. Sure. down, easy, easy, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's a thing. If people get hangry. I'm one of those people. And, you know, it, I'm not a diabetic or anything else like that. I'm just a well-oiled Lamborghini. That's how it's got to, uh -huh. it just, you got to eat at a certain time of the day or it just does not work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I took that deep breath and I looked around where I was and I was like, oh. Oh my, this is where I am. Okay. And that was when I was living in the moment. I, I, I took that deep okay. breath. I, you know, it's, you take those three deep breaths and you realize and you look around and then you, this is what I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. Will I ever experience the same thing again? And this taking that moment that recognizing that there is a moment here. Sure. And I'll give another example. I had a high school reunion this past weekend, and it was uh, a. I won't. I won't give you the number, but it was a, a large number, and it was a large number. And did so you go? I did go. Okay. Not by choice, but I did go. Uh, well, it is a choice. I, mm -hmm. I can't get, but I, I did go. Anyway, the, all the people that I, all my friends from high school, I haven't seen these guys in my crew, if you will, in yeah. fifteen years. Has to be fifteen years, and sure. You know, you can stay uh, abreast of the situation with social media and everything else like that. But that's really more of a uh, observe and report. 
It really is. You're just observing and they're reporting. That's it. Yeah. And they're not reporting all the good stuff and they're not reporting all the bad stuff. And, you know, it's kind of the social media slant and you kind of know that. So we had decided, and I had talked to one of my friends from high school, that we, we still talk and on a regular basis. And by regular, I mean at least monthly. Uh, we had, he, he's like, hey, we should get together and have dinner on a Saturday night. I'm like, great idea. I'll be in town. Uh, you know, I'll have my girls, but cool. you know, I got you know, I got childcare taken care of. So yeah, why not? We why not? Let's have a dinner. And so, mm, sun grown. And so we we he sets it up because he's in Columbus and he uh, gets the reservation and everything else like that. So I see a couple of guys I haven't seen like I said in fifteen years. Yeah. And we just sit down and we had dinner, and this was okay. a long dinner. Nice. Those are the best. Right. And and so when I say living in the moment, I, you know, I really, at one point in the table, and usually this is after uh, an adult beverage. (laughs) Usually it happens. Or three. Or three or four. But usually after an adult beverage, you realize you just, I took a moment and I took a breath and I just looked around the table and I was like, huh, we're still doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Because year, I mean, like I said, 25 years ago, we did the same thing, only it was a different restaurant. It was a different time in our lives. Right. And we were still have. I mean, you still, you, you just, you, it takes you back in time. And because you, you get this quasi deja vu feeling where you're like, I've done this before. And then right. you, you take it. And for me, it's those three deep inhale, exhale breaths. And you, okay. I, you look around and you, you have the smell of the restaurant and the food. You have the taste mm-hmm. of the, the food and the, uh, the beverage. The hearing of your friends' voices, you're seeing how their mannerisms haven't changed, and right, you know, the <laughs> for three decades, right. <laughs> and then I mean, so much is the same, and they're sitting across the table looking at you, and they're like, "Well, when I knew Wes, he didn't have a beard, right?" But otherwise, the mannerisms more or less the same could still be the same. The cadence, the tempo, um, and so it, when you you're, you have a moment, and you can almost just at that moment, what you've done in your mind is you've created this memory, and this memory is powerful sure. because it's a positive memory. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't like, screw these guys, you know. Right. It was more of, hey, I haven't seen these guys. I've got a genuine interest of what's happened in their lives, sure. and some of it's been good, some of it's not been good. Sure. But it's a great opportunity to sit down and catch up and just have, for lack of a better term, a good old-fashioned chat. Yeah. And just have a chat. And we did that. And that's, to me, you're the recognition of, that's part of the living in the moment. You're recognizing, I think there's a moment going to be here. Well, let me expound upon that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, when you were sitting down at dinner, were you concerned about the childcare arrangements you had made? No, not at all. Were you thinking about different cases that you had going on? Not at all. And that's tough for me to do. I know that's tough <laughs> for you to do. Were you thinking about, oh gosh, I got to pay this bill tomorrow? No, I wasn't. That's living in the moment, guys. I, I was. That right there. That way you were, You're I was present. present and taking part in what was going on right then. And you, you, we were, I was engaged. Yeah, I was engaged, and and that's and that's part of the finer present things. Present and accounted present for. Present and accounted for. I mean, that's one of the f- most finest things you could possibly have. I mean, the other example is, 
And I think I used this. I uh, went to uh, our family takes an annual pilgrimage to Cedar Point. Um, nice. Every year. I've been there for longer than I've been alive. Because I'm a little jealous because my kids don't like roller coasters. As soon as we moved to Ohio, I'm like, guys, Cedar Point is the, the America's place to go. roller coaster. No. It's <laughs> like the worldwide top roller coaster definition. Destination. I mean, it's the place to be. My kids hate roller coasters. Uh, and it's like, ugh, I don't have anybody to go with me. This is horrible. I do not fancy roller coasters. There's some I can tolerate. I love There's some I can tolerate. Coasters. I'm not going to lie. There's some I can tolerate. But um, So, yeah, I mean, we've made this pilgrimage every year. And it's it's a tradition. Nice. It's a tradition. So it happens every year. It happens at the same time of year. It, and that's part of the moment. It gives you that special feeling. And when I was with my uh, my girls, were I was I knew that this was a moment because you mm-hmm. you recognize that it happens every year. You take photos, and then you, for instance, the photos that I usually take are they have uh, Snoopy, the uh, uh, sure. Peanuts characters are under license to the Cedar Point, mm-hmm. and coincidentally, that was the first stock I ever bought was Cedar Point, and that's a great story. Really, um, so. They have licensed Snoopy is their big thing. And I have okay. small children, so Snoopy is a great big deal. So when the, my girls were born, like we were there when they were months old. Wow. And I got the uh, the three-foot-tall stuff, <laughs> Snoopies, with the pink shirts on that said Cedar Point and everything nice. else like that. You know, they're not that expensive unless you have to buy two. So just saying. Uh, so I got two of them. and then, It's time to teach your girls to share. Well, oh yeah, well, I bought, we bought, I bought two of them. And then... Uh, I made a point of taking a picture. They take a picture with Snoopy every year at Cedar Point. Okay. And it shows progress. It's like that notch sure. on the door yeah. at the house. I mean, it gives that progress. And then the girls, you know, obviously love it. And they see, they actually see Snoopy, the mascot. They read, nice. a, they read a bedtime story. It's a whole big deal. They wear their pajamas and everything. I mean, it's a big thing. So sure. awesome. Um, and so that, that tradition. And I, so I knew going into it, I mean, there are going to be some moments to be made. Right, and that's important to know is that you've got you, you're recognizing. Hey, I've got a moment coming up. You see the pitch coming. You know that there's possibilities here. So one of the things that we did was we go to the. It was a beautiful day, so we spent it at the pool, and they have a little kitty water park at mm-hmm. the uh, Breakers Hotel, which is the hotel at Cedar Point. And so my girls are in the pool, and they're running up and down the slide, and they're just running down the slide, mm-hmm. and I'm standing in the pool managing them because I can't. Sure. They've gone through swim lessons. They're not going to drown. And they have those uh, uh, floaties on, so mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult for them sure. to get hurt. I'm, I'm spending more time yelling, "Hey, don't run on the water!" Right. And so I, I had a moment, and I, so I took, a, I took my deep breath, and I looked around the, the pool, and I looked around the hotel, and I looked at my girls. They're running around. They're playing in the pool. I can smell the water. I can smell the Great Lakes, which I've convinced my children of the ocean. So, okay, <laughs> great. That's, you know, if they get to geography. That's the Ohio ocean. Sure. And if they get to geography, and that's the biggest problem they have about me, a phenomenal. It's the parenting <laughs> win. I don't care what you say. And, you know, I, and again, I took that moment. I'm listening to the sounds. I'm seeing the sights. I'm watching my girls. I'm in that moment. I'm not worried about anything else going on. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's, you, you kind of have, and uh, humans are one of the few, if not the only animal, that we have the ability to perceive time. 
And that's Maybe. a big deal. And more importantly, our perception of time changes. Yeah. We can change our own perception of time. And so I was literally, I don't have a watch on. Could have been looking at it sure. for 30 seconds. Could have been, wouldn't have half an hour. But you, you've got that feeling of where we are right now, time has no meaning. And, right. And you're right there. Well, even as you get older, I remember being a kid and, you know, each day was just long, 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 long weeks, took forever. It was forever until your next birthday and you couldn't wait. And, oh man, oh, it's yeah, like time, nine yeah, months away. Yeah, nine months was a massive amount of time. And yeah. now, man, the birthdays, God, they keep coming real quick. Like, the calendar moves quicker. God, how does that work? It, perception of time it and and that's living in the moment because you have the the ultimate thing is that again you have to define what experiences you want to have yeah. and in this day and age and the fact that airlines travel everywhere and i mean everywhere you can have experiences yes you can truly once in a lifetime experience yes yeah. and that's once you walk through that it's the burden of knowledge once you walk through that door and you know sure. that you can do this, you look around and you think to yourself, oh, I want to do this. How do I get there? Okay, so a couple of things. Um, first, my favorite days are the ones that you're so busy. You're doing all kinds of amazing, cool stuff. I remember going to Seattle with an ex-boyfriend of mine, and we're talking to all these fascinating people and really cool stuff and we do this 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 and this and you step back at the end of the day and it's like holy crap Boom. we accomplished all of that in one day in one single day i mean that's like a lifetime of experiences um i love love those days and that leads into the, my next point, which is the appreciation of the moment. Mm -hmm. Because when you create that memory, and again, these are self-created memories. Sure. I mean, if you have the result of a trauma, I mean, you don't appreciate that. Right. After therapy, you may. And it's a different level and different kind of appreciation because you can appreciate risk. It's not appreciation in the sense of, oh, I'm Gratitude. happy about it. It's, Great. It's that the, was awesome. Right. I appreciate it, no, risk. I understand what happened, and I've come to terms with it, and I've accepted it. That's huge. Oh, it's massive. Especially for trauma-related uh, moments, because everybody yeah. has this. I mean, everybody sure. remembers the first time they got uh, broken up with. Um, they remember, you know, the first time you know, all this kind of, all the bad experience. If, you're, if you've ever been to a car, car accident, your first car accident, if you've been in right. multiple, everybody remembers their first speeding ticket. Yeah. I mean, you just, you, you, you can recite the story from memory because it's a trauma. And even more traumatic things where it feels like somebody just, like, an ancient Mayan priest just reached in and ripped out your heart while it's still beating. Those Kalima. are rough. <laughs> just like the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, that's a dated reference, I know. Uh, hey, it's a classic. It is a classic. Well, that's the problem now. And so having that appreciation of engaging in activities where you know a moment can be created. Yeah. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, I enjoy champagne and scotch. 
I who knew? Who knew? Everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody knows. Are you kidding me? When my children were born, uh, my mother will always tell the story. She's like, I thought they were going to come out with a cigarette and a martini in their hands. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, had that occurred, I would have been like, you know what? There's no God. Because there's no way. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. Um, you know, and that's, you know, again, a birth of a child, you're, you've got your senses engaged and it's a very positive or traumatic. Sure. It's very traumatic in the sense that, oh my God, but it's very positive. Oh no, it's very traumatic. But it's positive Holy in the sense crap. that you're like, oh my God, that's a human. That's a human. Right. That's, oh my God, <laughs> I'm responsible for these Oh my God, <laughs> who put me in charge? <laughs> so, and, and, so you can recount and, and have those moments and then. Uh, you, you know, that's part of the reasons why I am a huge supporter in my, I have a couple of different charities that I do patronize. And one of those charities is Alzheimer's research mm-hmm. and the reason that it's such a devastating disease, as everybody knows, is because it, it doesn't rob you of anything physical until the very end. It robs you of your experiences. Right. And that's what is so crushing. Right. Because you have someone who has, and that's really what it is, because nobody, everybody's grandma has a story. Sure. Everybody's grandma has a story about at this time, this day, this place. And that's part of the human condition is that we know. The other thing is that what makes these experiences so important and living in the moment is that we know that as a human, our experiences, we will end. Right. We will end. Yeah. We, the problem is we don't know how and we don't know when. And see, for me personally, I've come to terms with the fact that my life will end. I, yep, I get that. You have to. That's okay. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. I don't invite it to happen anytime soon. You're not trying to make it happen. No, but I'm perfectly okay with the idea of it. But it does scare me the thought of getting Alzheimer's because I've had a lot of fascinating, interesting, weird, cool things happen, and then I've done, and it's like... Meeting the drummer of Devo. Uh, man, that <laughs> just that was great, and it isn't even on the list. Right, well, that, that's the point. That happened here at the Cigar Lodge. Because it our did. plug for the Cigar Lodge is that we have events. I met events, the drummer of Devo. He happened to be in town. I mean, he's just standing there, and I went and shook his hand, and it's like, holy crap, this is didn't awesome. Didn't we get a picture? Didn't, didn't we get no. a picture? Okay. I wish we did. It would be on the Instagram. But first, let me take a selfie. But, you know, the idea that my kids don't know all the experiences I've gone through. It, I don't know of one single person on this planet that knows all of the things that I've gone through and done and been. And I'm the only one that knows that. And so even though I'm okay with the idea of death and those experiences will end and there's nobody that knows all of that, it can be pieced together. But me losing it, I don't have any way to pass that along to anybody. We don't have it's the tech- just gone. And, the, and we don't have the technology yet to just implant our experiences and our memories into a computer, although... I am confident. Not yet, but Black Mirror is bringing it about. I am confident that if there's a dollar to be earned in such a enterprise that America will figure out a way. Um, thank God. If you just add a dollar to the situation, all of a sudden inventions happen. Yeah. Inventions happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, living in the moment and that appreciation and creating that memory is huge because then you can, you have that memory. 
Well, so let me throw out one thing that I read this last week. And Wes just presented this topic to me today. I didn't know where we were going with it. But, you know. We're on the bus. We're going. We're going. Um, so it's just kind of weird and coincidental that I read this. Your memories are... You're not actually remembering the event that happened. You're remembering your last memory of it. So each time it builds and it evolves and you can take those traumatic events, really horrible stuff, and if you start framing it as, but I'm okay, that becomes part of the memory and that carries forward into the future. Your memories are just flashbacks of the last time that you remembered it, not the actual memory, and which because, is astounding. I mean, and the one of my uh, favorite quotes is, if the brain was so simple we could understand it, we would be so simple that we couldn't. Uh, because, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, that's, oh, I like. <laughs> it's, and that's really part of the truth there, because... I mean, think about it. You have a muscle. That's what the brain is, muscle. Mm -hmm. It's, there is a... It's a great big blob of fat right. sitting up there on the top of your head. There's a chemical composition. There is a, um, a membrane and there's fluid. And the this membrane and these fluids are firing in a sequence that can create... Or destroy again. You you know one of the sure. If I had a superpower, and I think we've talked about this before, my greatest superpower, and I think that it serves me well currently right now in my job, is that I have the power to forget. Yeah. And that's huge. It really is huge, or as the current times, huge. Yep. So the that's that goes with the living in the moment is that you can also hold on to this and you can also let go of this mm -hmm. and that's a big deal i mean and, and conceptually again you're talking about a muscle therapists would not work correct if we couldn't forget about the traumatic things correct or they they didn't have a lingering effect right i mean it's like an ocean i mean it, you're right. in a pool you jump in the pool and you create the waves how you know the ripple effect uh, that's the that's pretty much the concept and we don't know at this day and age we don't know how or, I mean, there's some conspiracy theories. I'll give that to the power of the interweb. But uh, there are some conspiracy theories about people manipulating memory and everything else like that. Now, can you manipulate memory? I mean, sure. there's a movie. Like I just said, if you attach a happy memory to a traumatic event, you're remembering the last memory you had. So that happy thought is automatically attached the next time you see it. And so... If you keep carrying through the happy thoughts, you're going to change an extremely bad thing into something that at least it's not traumatic. It's not so painful you every time you experience it. Well, and I'm halfway through my uh, original sun-grown Rocky Patel. Tastes still good. It's powerful, <laughs> holding up. The cigar's holding up real well. It's a shorty. I recently, and I mean within the last 30 seconds, I blew... I think one of the most perfect smoke rings that I've ever seen. And it was a seven and a half. Right, that's pretty good because I wasn't trying. And that's that's a you rare, weren't, uh, 
Yeah, it was you a, weren't trying. I was not trying. It was just one of those organic things that just happened. And both Lisa He's and I... chatting along and he points up at it. It was hilarious. Right, it's the small thing. Right, it's the small things in life, right? The You're living being in, present in the moment. Being present in the moment. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Um, and the scotch still, again, the floral notes with the sun-grown tobacco seem to be pairing quite nicely. Interesting. How are you coming along? Is it still... No, it's not gasoline anymore. <laughs> Jet fuel. God, what is it? It's something. But we're, she's, I'm going to have to think on she's it. She's thinking on it. She's making those smacking it's some stuff. kind of light wood. Well, that's good. I mean, and you're, and that'll, that thought will come. I mean, I'll give you some time there to, to, to I might have it. Hang on just ru- a second. Ruminate on it here. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. No. I think it's maybe a cedar. A cedar, okay. Yeah. Like the cedar planks that you put on salmon. And who knew out of bourbon and virgin oak casks? Yeah, that's tough that to get I'm cedar out of cedar, oak. But yeah. that's what I'm getting. Could be an impurity there. Uh, but if it tastes good, then that's the key. Well, and so you know, when you're living in the moment and you're you're having those experiences, I mean, that's uh, being with your friends and recognizing that, again, you may not be in the same fact or this set of circumstances ever again. And that's part of the... I would argue you will never be in the exact same circumstances. That's probably true. However, you can get close. Really, really similar. Really, really close. But every... I mean, then that's the beauty of our perception of time and memory and our experiences. And in that moment, you're like... And you just have that aha. Yeah. You're like, yes. And it just... Everything is right in the world. This yeah. is this is the normal that I want to have. Right. And that clarifies a lot in your mind, hopefully. I mean, you know, some people have it at work. Uh, sure. You know, I another example, at least for my profession, is that when I'm trying a case, there's a moment in every trial that I've ever had where I've created the moment. And this is, again, it's like any, um, it's like when you go to a play or you go see a movie, mm-hmm. you, there's a moment that is created. Sure. Through the way the scene is played, through the way the trial is going, and this moment is created. Right. And you create this moment because you're trying to create this, in my case, I'm creating doubt. <laughs> creating doubt. Hopefully it's reasonable. That's really where I spend most of my time is the reasonableness. That's exactly his job. Of the doubt. And But you, you have this moment where everybody here has never been here before. We're never going to be here just like Lisa said, we're never going to be at this exact place ever again right. with the exact same people. And you can do this a million times. Sure. And this is not going to be the same. It all changes like moment by moment sure. by moment. And that's... And right. That, I would argue that Wes could take the same defendant, even the same jury, and try the exact same case five years later. Well... All of the jury have had unique and different experiences within that five years. And so their perception of things are going to be changed by those experiences. And so it's going to affect the outcome. Now, that will never happen. That's Correct. not realistic. Because you only get one shot. But let's say it happened, that exact same jury, that exact same judge. Same defendant, same attorneys. It's going to be different. 
And that's, I mean, and that's what the beauty of knowing that. And once you realize that every moment will be different, because we all have autopilot. Uh, you know, the, the easiest example that I give for autopilot is when you drive home. If you, yeah. you drive home from work, you drive home through usually the same way, and you will sometimes get home and be like, I don't know how I got here. I remember in fifth grade, our teacher was talking about that automatic memory and how when you're first learning to drive, you're conscious of every stop sign, every stop line. Every bump of the road. You can recall every single thing that happened to you. And after you've been driving for a while, I don't know, I got here. I don't remember how, but I got here. You're not trying to forget. You're not doing anything wrong. It's just that if you're driving home, yeah, and, and this is usually in the context, you're like, hey, uh, I need you to get a p- pick up a gallon of milk on the way home. Right. And you're not used to doing that. And so you're... Re- you're going to drive home and then be like, oh, God, I got to... I gotta go back to the you grocery store. Pull in the driveway, and you're like, "I passed three grocery stores right. on the way here," <laughs> and you're like, "How did I forget?" And then you think to yourself, "I just you're on autopilot." Yeah, and it's nothing. Your brain does it, mm-hmm. and it's just something that your brain is being used to. You've become used to. You've become sure. routine. You've got that groove, and you just allow it to happen. And that's and once you know that, I mean, that allows you, as obviously the uh, governor of your brain, to change it yeah and that's part of the you know the finer things is and becoming more successful in what you want to achieve is recognizing those habits of where you are failing like i know i make mistakes sure i can tell you how many <laughs> i sure. i know my weaknesses <laughs> right i can pinpoint them pretty clearly in fact i could be in the middle of a mistake and say this is a mistake and still proceed with the mistake. <laughs> yep. And does that make me a bad person? No. Does that make me stubborn? Perhaps. But I'm at least I'm aware of it that I know that I'm entering into right. that mistake. And you're like, okay, what is the? Co- I know the consequence that comes from this. So right. Let's uh, you know, you minimize the consequences as best you can, but or you try to avoid the mistake. And if you recognize that you are trying to avoid this moment. Or you're trying to avoid to create this memory. Sure. You can definitely trick your mind and say, ah, I'm going to do this instead. Yeah. And then it's a little shock to the system and you kind of move on. Yeah. So and as far as that is concerned, I mean, like I said, that's that creating that experience where, I mean, like I said, I, uh, I was on vacation recently and mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. Good. I mean, nothing. And I'm sitting on the ocean, by you know, on the beach and the ocean and the pool, and doing. I nothing. say good, but honestly, I don't know if I mean that. <laughs> I like, I like doing things, having experiences. When I went on vacation in Florida, I was so bored because it's like, well, great. Well, what, what am I doing? Florida. I'm in a great resort. There's a lazy river. What the hell am I going to do all day? I was well, so bored. And you know yourself. Yeah. And so if you know yourself, what you know how to at least trick yourself in the sense that you know how to create that moment. Because the, I know how to step outside of it. Right. I'm bored. What can I do to change that? It's like that out of plenty of options. Plenty of options. And it's I liken it to your out of body experience. Kind of. Because you again, everybody 
I, I won't say everybody because I'm sure there's always that one person. But sure. it, most people will have an out-of-body experience where they're they're watching themselves do something, and they're like, why on earth am I doing this? Uh-huh. And it, you don't know if it's unconscious or conscious, but you just are like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why? I mean, it's like me and my mistake. I'm like, I know better. Sure. Why am I doing this? Sure. And you, full speed ahead. Let's go. <laughs> and you get to that. And once you realize it, once you, that in that moment, you're realizing what you're doing, then you can be like, oh, you can have more of that analysis and more of that uh, higher level thinking where you're like, oh, you big dummy. You yeah. big dummy. Because I've said that. I'll be, uh, you know, I'll walk into court and be like, ah, yeah. damn it. Because I'll, I'll forget something in my life. And sure. I'm like, and I'll look at my card because I have the, I have what are called buck slips. Okay. And are like my little note cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Lisa has seen these a thousand times. Yeah. And I, I list on, you know, what I have to do that day. And sure. especially what courts I'm going to, and it triggers me to do, it's my task list. Yep. And it triggers me to do certain things and not do certain things. And I will even have written it down on my list and I'll look at it and I'll be like, you wrote it down. <laughs> I mean, you knew you had to do it. Yeah. And you wrote it down. So what's the problem here? Right. What's the problem here? So as far as living in the moment, I mean, definitely, like we've talked about numerous times, you want to know yourself and you want to create that time. Yeah. And if your priorities are family, it could be as simple as sitting at home and reading to your kids. Yeah. And just taking taking a deep breath, The first uh, their first steps. Their right. first words. Just the that moment where you're okay. Yeah. And you've got that in that in your mind because you're remembering how you remembered it. Not the yeah. event, but you're remembering how it is. Sure. And part of that though is like when people remember what they remember, it may not be accurate. Oh, it's often not. And it's subject to chemical manipulation. Sure. So you know, that's kind of where I think living in the moment is. Well, the thing is, it's only going to happen once. Like I said earlier, my argument is that particular set of circumstances will only happen once. You take your kids to Cedar Point every year, but each year they're getting older. Correct. They're able to do more. They're able to experience more. They're absolutely more engaged. Each moment is different, even though the experience itself, the overall experience, is the same. It's evolving. And recog- and that's part of the recognition. And you want to recognize those moments. And especially in the corporate context, context you get a big presentation coming up. You're nervous. You're racking your brains. Yeah. Uh, our example here is I remember when Lisa was going to have her first jury trial. She's racking her brains. She's nervous. What am I going to be nervous at the next one? She- which is, which is part of the point, but you you never forget your first. No. <laughs> and so you have this this thought, and you you just you rack in your brain, and you're like, okay, this this, you know, you're just going yep. going through this entire thing in your head. And in the corporate world, if you're giving a presentation, or you're trying to get a promotion, or you're having an annual review, or whatever sure. your performance review, where you have to be in the moment and say, I mean, truly say, this is how I screwed up. Sure. Because that's a moment, too. Oh, yeah. But recognizing that and then saying, yeah, I screwed up this. However, I knocked this out of the park. Yeah. 
and that's part of the moment too. Uh, and rec- and having that con the conceptual point of saying check that box. Right. Check that box. So. Yeah, I, I would encourage uh, to create moments and everything else like that. Now, as far as you're concerned, Lisa, when, when, how do you create moments? The moments that you remember, the good experiences, from your perspective. It's that being open to experiencing whatever I can. For example, um, I think it was last weekend I went windsurfing for the first time. Now, this is... It's a big deal. Physical. It's really kind of intense exercise. I don't know what I'm doing. It's a little tricky. You can get hurt. If that mask comes on you, you're going to get knocked in the head. If it knocks you hard enough, you're going to be in the water unconscious. That's not a not good, good situation. <laughs> not good. So, you know, you got to be aware. But was I going to turn down... The experience of going windsurfing? Absolutely not. Even I remember standing on the bank and my boyfriend's out in the water. He's windsurfing trying to show me, well, here's what you do. Here's how you control this. I've got this couple sitting next to me on the bank and the guy had just come in from windsurfing. He had taught other people how to windsurf. And, you know, they're telling me different tips and tricks, and I remember telling them, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know what's going on here. But I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. And it's just huge. that. It's being, I remember skydiving for the first and second time. And it's, oh my God, this could go horrifically bad. Way bad. Way bad. In fact, the first time I went skydiving, right before no kidding. So I love the story. Um, it's a great story. Well, it is. So the first time I went skydiving, all the rest of the guys that I'm going skydiving with, they had their jumpsuits on, they had their radios in their pocket, turned on, helmets on. Ready to go. Parachutes on their back. They've got my parachute stretched across the floor and they're still packing it. The guy walks in, he's like... You're going to want to hold off on that. And everybody's a little curious. He walks outside. He comes back in and says, all right, guys, you take your gear off. It's going to be a while. The plane we were about to get on to. Jump out of. Crashed. Whoops. So they're coming down the runway. It's a little country airfield. And the plane, the wing clipped the corn field right next to it, tore the wing off, it spins around. That's a big deal. Tears the nose and the other wing off. Everybody walked away from it, but literally, I, the plane that I was about to get on crashed right before I'm going skydiving. So we decided, great, there's the guy I was dating at the time. Oh, oh my God. He had, I think he had worked for the FAA. He knew there was going to be an investigation, and he's like, all right, we're not going today. Not today. Nothing's happening today. Not today, kid. Let's come back tomorrow. And we're all like, great. So we went back and we were the first jump the next morning after the plane crashed. And it's just those kind of experiences. I'm, I might be scared to death, but 
that's not going to stop me. Theoretically, jumping out of a plane with a parachute on your back is perfectly safe. They taught me how to land. They taught me here's how to steer. You've got a secondary parachute. In theory, Tuck and roll, baby. Tuck and roll. All the pieces are there. You know? So, yeah, it's scary, but whatever. Well, Get over the fear. And part of the living in the moment is there may be risk involved. A lot of the stuff I do, there's a lot of risk involved, but it's calculated risks. I have been firewalking, walking across the hot coals. And everybody's like, well, just run across them. No, if you run, you're putting more pressure on your feet, so you're actually digging in more and more likely to get burned. If you walk, and you walk at a measured pace, calmly and confidently, you're fine. If at any time you feel it burning, step to the side onto the grass that is not burning and get off of that. One step to the right or the left. So it seems risky, but it's a calculated risk because all you got to do is move one step to the side and you're perfectly fine. And that might come into the appreciation of the risk. Sure. And because you, you acknowledge, and, and Lisa, in my examples, is that there's risk involved. It's not, it's, it's not an un, I mean, there's always an unknown. Life is not safe, guys. You've just got to do it anyway. Right. And so you, you, you've got that risk and you're always going to have some risk, but you've got a, like Lisa said, you've got a calculated and measured risk where you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've got a general idea of what I think is going to happen. Sure. I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen. Right. But I have a general idea of what I think is going to happen. Yeah. And that's important too. And so you've got that. That appreciation also helps, I think, create that moment because one of the keys to memory is adrenaline. Sure. And you get you get that adrenaline pumping. And well, it's great that you bring that up because I've been firewalking twice. The first time was just almost a religious, very spiritual kind of experience. It it was oh my god. Does that go towards, uh, not to interrupt too much, but we were talking about the nine uh, levels at one of our podcasts where you have to uh, journal. Okay. What was the hardest thing that you had to journal? Humility. Humility. Does that, does that help in journaling humility? Not really. Okay. Didn't at all? Not really. Okay. I mean, like the instructor said, once you've been firewalking, you realize I've walked across fire. I can do anything in the world. I am all-powerful. All-powerful. I mean, he's not wrong. So, Confident you know, builder. I go through that the first time, and it was so spiritual and so refreshing. You were in the moment. He gives you this... Well, he doesn't give you. You pick a power move that you're going to do before you go walking across the coals, and it psychs you up. And he said, take this move and carry it forward because you're going to be in that same mindset. It helps you recall this memory. And so what I did is rubbing my hands together like I'm cold. And I'm mean, I because you're next to fire. I used that. Well, it was also the middle of winter when I first went fire walking. I used that all throughout law school. If I had an exam... I would rub my hands together right before the exam. I don't look odd doing it. I'm not slinging my arms about. I'm just rubbing my hands, and nobody even noticed. But it's building that confidence within me. It's recalling 
Yeah, I walked across fire. I can't do anything. You were calling that positive experience, and you're utilizing that feeling to carry you forward to another event or another experience that you may find challenging. Yes, but the second time that I went, I was thinking I was going to have the same type of very spiritual, I mean deep spiritual type experience. He also offered a class in bending rebar with your neck, like the soft, juicy, squishy part of your neck. Well, that's curious. I know. You don't find these classes. I mean, you, this is not a class I they know. offer at the community college. Let's just be honest no. here. And so I thought, well, absolutely, I can do that. Definitely, I want to try. And I went through the fire walking, and it was not the same experience. It was, I already knew I could firewalk. I already knew I can do anything. And so it's a bit of a letdown. And so I actually did not do the rebar because I wasn't in the right mindset to do it. And that's clutch. I mean, that's absolutely clutch is when you know that you're not in the mindset. And there's not many experiences that I turn down. I will tackle almost anything. And... That was one that I walked away from because it was just, I'm I'm going to get hurt today if I try this. I'm not here. I'm not present. living in the moment. I'm not present. And that's and that's a good, like uh, we've discussed, you, you also need to know what the absence of living in the moment is. And that's what the autopilot is. You, yeah. you're, not, you're not in the moment. You're just, I mean, you're present, but you're just, no, the lights I'm are here. on, the lights are on and nobody's home. Right. Nobody's home. I'm here, but I'm not present. But I'm not here. And, and that's part of the interest thing is that you want to talk about, <coughs> excuse me, you want to know that you're not in the moment and you're not in that right mindset where I'm not going to create the memory I want to create. Yeah. I'm not going to create or live in the moment because I know that I'm not fully prepared. Well, for being I'm not as fully there. bold and fearless as I am. It's also a boldness and a fearlessness and a fierceness to be able to step away from it and say, I'm out. No, not today. Not today, folks. Maybe in the future. And not that, today. I mean, and that's a great idea because I, I know that when I have a trial, when, I, when I'm psyching myself up, that's a, uh, you know, and again, in, in our context, you know, everybody's different. Like if you've got a meeting or you've got a presentation or you've got something uh, you're going to ask a big question in a personal relationship. You want to be psyched up. You want to be ready to go. You know, you want to be in the right frame of mind. And you sure. also, part of that is you want to realize, don't sweat the small stuff. Right. In that moment. Because perfect, and part of living in the moment is that you're trying to create perfection. But perfection in itself is not achievable. It's completely unattainable. However, you can at least, you recognize that and you are, it's a facsimile of it. Like the moments that you have that you lived in the moment and that you're like, okay. And you think to yourself, that's a perfect moment. To me, that's a perfect moment. And my perfect moment and Lisa's perfect moment are two different things. So let me kind of give an example of that. I talked about Seattle with the ex-boyfriend and we did so much. And you stand back at the end of the day and you're like, holy crap, what just happened? Um, We were at a zombie convention. And yes, uh, Wes is like, wait, what? 
<laughs> Wes has got a quizzical look on his face. Yes, he but does. But it's not my moment. But anyway, at a zombie convention, and we were we had press passes trying to get an interview with Bruce Campbell of Evil Dead. Yeah, Bruce is a pretty good actor. I he, like him in um, he's fun. Uh, the uh, Burn Notice. Trying to get an interview with him. We didn't. And it's like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. Darn. Well, the guy I was dating at the time was dressed up as a zombie clown. So he's hitting on all sorts of fears. Bruce interviewed him. So we didn't get an interview with Bruce Campbell. But Bruce Campbell interviewed him. Now, how much cooler is that? If we had gone in an interview with him, it would have been nothing... There's nothing he could have told us, nothing we could have asked that he had not answered before. But that was a weird and unique experience that nobody gets to have, you know? Yeah, in perfect moments, I ask a lot of questions. That tends to be my personality, which is good for my current career choice. And one of the things that I had the opportunity uh, at law school for doing is that uh, at school you have, at least at, uh, at Akron Law, we mm-hmm. had, uh, at the time, Chief Justice of our state Supreme Court was Thomas Moyer. Okay. And our state Supreme Court building is named after him. He's since passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he came and spoke at our in, invocation, okay. I believe is what it's called. And so at the invocation that he was taking questions, I had one question. Okay. Because, I, you know, of all the questions... That scares me. Right, I only had one question. And I didn't think he got it asked a lot. And that's why I was going to sure. ask the question. So, I mean, and there's 200 people in the audience, and I'm a nobody. Now, coincidentally, I was sitting next to the girl who graduated first in our class. So this was interesting from an academic standpoint, because I did not graduate first in my <laughs> class. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> um, with that, but, but he's a fine lawyer now. <laughs> However, the, that, that being said, nobody asks what your grades are in law school. Let me tell you that. And so, uh, so my question to the Chief Justice Moyer at the time was, what is the hardest thing you ever had to do in your job? Mm-hmm. And he took pause and he goes, that's a great question. And I was like, well, thanks. I thought so too. <laughs> you know, because I don't know. It's not my, sure. Because he has... You know, at least from our perspective, and regardless of your political beliefs or anything else like that, or leanings or anything else like that, the Chief Justice and the Justices of the Ohio Supreme Court, mm-hmm. we still have the death penalty. We do. And so my expectation was that the, my expectation that he was going to say was the hardest thing he's ever had to do is you physically have to sign your name on a death warrant. Sure. As the state Supreme Court. That would be tough, you would think. And you want it to be tough because sure. you're signing a warrant that will terminate someone's life, right? Rightly or wrongly, and regardless of how right. you, reg- regardless of how you feel about it, and circumstances aside, Cir- whether yeah. they deserve it, whatever doesn't matter. You physically have to sign a sheet of paper that commands the Ohio Department of Corrections to execute a human life. So right. my expectation from the Chief Justice's perspective was, and you know, I had the expectation that. The hardest thing he's ever had to do was sign a death warrant. Sure. That was the answer I was expecting. What'd you get? And it was not that answer. Okay. And he literally, he goes, I don't know. I don't know what the hardest thing. And I'm, I was taken aback. And then he was like, that's a great question. I'm going to have to think about that question. 
Nobody's ever asked me that. Wow. Now he had been on the he'd been on the Ohio Supreme Court sure. for uh, at least fifteen years, and I'm you know again he's a guy he's a person just and like I, you don't get on the Supreme Court unless you unless you've served as a judge before that you got to be elected too. Yeah. It's a statewide race, so you you got to know people too, yeah. and so. You know, in my naivete, you know, like because you know, I was a non-traditional student, I was like, so what? Again, what is the heart? And he's like, I don't know. And I go, that's a terrible answer. <laughs> that's a terrible, you know, inflexibly. I was like, this is a terrible answer. And then he goes, come talk to me afterwards. Huh? And I was like, okay. And then he goes, you're going to be a great lawyer because nice. I have never been asked that question before. <laughs> and I started laughing. And I was like, well, can I have my law degree now? <laughs> you know, everybody laughs, you know, that kind of joke and everything. But afterwards, it, creating a moment. Sure. Right? And so after the speech was done, you know, I found him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said, hey, you know, have you had time to think about it? He goes, I have. I have. And he goes, the hardest thing that I've had to do. And I go, and this has not been easy because, again, he's the chief justice. Right. So he's got some considerable leeway. And he goes, I have to sit on this court, and the hardest thing for me, and he goes, and I've, I've thought about it for the rest of the talk, and he goes, the hardest thing for me is being in the minority, but knowing I'm right. And I go, well, sure. how does that work? He goes, I know that I'm right, but I'm only one vote. Right. There's nine of them. And so he goes, and he thought about it, and he, again, he said, he goes, I have been right. And I go, I know I'm right. I'm morally right. I'm legally right. But I'm still in the minority. On sure. And I, and, I, and I go, and, I, and that's the hardest part for me is because I know that he knows something. He has the self-evident truth. Mm-hmm. And he, he's expressed the self-evident truth. Sure. He's lived in that moment. And doesn't matter. Right. Does not matter because he has not affected change. Right. And arguably speaking, he's in a position where he can affect a good deal of change. <laughs> so, and that you know, in that moment, you, you could see, and and again, everybody has witnessed other people in the moment, right? And when you see someone else in the moment, you can have that presence of yourself saying, "They're having a moment, right? How awesome is this?" No, I remember my daughter winning worlds, and her coach was so worked up, so nervous about it. He could not watch them handing out the awards. He was like, I can't take this. Can't do it. So he was back at the booths, which is hundreds of feet away. And they went. And we go back, and he's just standing there, shoulders hunched up almost to his ears, just a ball of nerves. And he's got a look on his face like, well... And well, <laughs> my daughter holds up the award. His eyes just go huge. It's just he's ha- you can recognize seeing the, him experiencing that moment. He had to do it in his own terms. Granted, because it's personal. Again, everything we've been talking about, Lisa's moment in your moment are going to be vastly different than my moment. You may not give a crap about may not somebody else being interviewed by Bruce Campbell. I think it was pretty cool to witness that, you know? That's awesome. All right, before we uh, wrap up here, Lisa, give me one good thing. Well, so 
Um, when we're recording this, we're just after the 4th of July, and I went paddleboarding on Lake Erie for the first time, and that was a unique fun experience. All the boats, and this is Rocky River, so people with the money get their boats the out. Big They're boats. All heading to Cleveland. And so you got some wake every time a boat would go by and knocked in the water. One of the times I'm, it was like a cartoon. I'm walking off the back of it because I know I'm going to fall and I'm just trying to stay on. But I literally just walk right off the back of the paddleboard. And I came up laughing because it was so much fun. And I couldn't do a ton. I couldn't make it with the rest of the group. I had a blast, and like maybe an hour ago, I got a no- notification that I won a bid on a paddleboard, so hey, hey, hey. I finally get to stop borrowing my boyfriend's and get out there on my own and have a blast. I've really gotten into it, and I love paddleboarding. My one good thing for this podcast is that I have affected change recently. How so? I've affected change. I can't go terribly too much into okay. it because it's with a client. Sure. But I have affected change for the good. And I've made a, a, a dem- demonstrable and deliverable change in the world. And I am happy about that because often I don't get, in my line yeah. of work, I don't get to do that an awful lot. But I made a difference. So I'm going to weigh in just a little bit on Wes's good thing. It's... We don't get a lot of wins in our profession, and when you do, it feels so good. And even, I'm not talking about a win as in, well, this turned out okay for my client, and we got what they wanted. I mean, a win, win. Those don't happen A true, yeah, often. a true win. So, again, thanks for listening to the Fire Things Podcast. How do we find you, Lisa? Intricate Girl on Instagram, and send me your Scotland questions. I need them before I go. Awesome. And again, this has been the Fire Things Podcast. We have Wait, been... where are you? Oh, you can find me at Jet Set Lawyer on Instagram. Uh, we are podcasting live from the Members Only Lounge at the Cigar Lodge in beautiful Akron, Ohio. Again, mention the Fire Things Podcast for a special surprise. And again, you can find us on our Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash podcast. And again, rate, review, five stars on iTunes. We appreciate your patronage. Take care. Cheers, guys.